Santa Maria! We are back, Dingers and K's, episode seven, take two. Dodgers have won it all still, still champs, even though we're going to get into a conversation about them, um, about teams liking them or not. But we are back, episode seven, part two, because part one had technical difficulties and it just disappeared into the ether. It got DFA'd. Yeah. It got DFA'd, yeah. unfortunately. Um, my name is Jeremy Altschul. I'm here with the one and only host, not host. The author, author, <laughs> author, a brother on a baseball, brother on baseball, and the host of Dingers <laughs> and K's. There it is. You see, I was just trying to tie it all in. Right. Jamal Russell, Jamal, what's going on, man? Yeah, I'm good, Jeremy. How are you doing? Always doing good. Um, before we get into it, today's episode. Remember, Sports Bums. Make sure you guys check out Sports Bum. They they bring everything for us to help us out, getting our message to everybody out there. Sportsbum.com, authentic content made just for you. Sportsbum.com. All right. So, normally we start off with our, like, dingers and Ks of the week. Right. However, there's kind of been some, like, world news going on. Like, yeah. big world news. Okay. So, this past week, there's going to be a different sport that I have to bring up. But it'll tie back in. Don't worry. Okay, I'm with you. This past week, the legendary, iconic Cristiano Ronaldo went home to Manchester United. Yes, he did. At 36 years old, he's going back to the Premier League to lead them to another Premier League title. Yeah, keep dreaming. It's going to happen. Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, I'm not worried because it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Just <laughs> Maybe the other team me. in Manchester will win. So a team no, in Manchester no, no, will no. win, but not them. <laughs> Manchester United, the Reds, the Red Devils are going to win. Um, just It's kind of big news just because he's been gone for 12 years, yeah. accomplished a crap load, and said, all right, let me come back now. Yeah. He was, he was tired of playing in Juventus, which is in Italy. He just, I'm done. Going back home. And he got his, got his taxes together, so now he can go back to England. There you go. <laughs> he has that, too. Um, so, how does this tie into baseball? All right. This ties into baseball because, Jamal, if there was one player you could bring back to the Mets that has been there relatively recent. Okay. So, they're still playing now. All right. They're still currently in the league. Still are in the league. All right. Still in the league. Who would you bring back to your team and why? Oh, this is easy. Maybe Zach Wheeler. <laughs> Zach Wheeler, okay. <laughs> He's one of the front runners for the Cy Young Award. The Mets had him. He was good on the Mets. They just weren't totally sold that he was actually good, so they let him go. He went to a divisional rival, and now he sticks it to him about four or five times a year. Yeah, bring that guy back. Bring I think our pitching staff could use him. All right, and so I'm going to give you a part two on this. Okay. There was one legend that ever left your team. Who would you want? That, like They left the team, went on, had success, but you're like, damn. I wish we could have brought him back at some point. Okay, like a retired player, yeah. like a retired yeah, legend. So during okay. their time frame. All right, so during their time frame, they were a legend on the Mets. Bring him back at the end. Uh, I would say probably because of it was a vibe. Mm -hmm. um, surprisingly, I won't say Dwight Gooden. Okay. I'll go with Mike Piazza. Okay, I like that one. I like that one. It was really because when he was on the team back when they got him, it was cool to have maybe, you know, one of the best hitters in baseball on your team. Mm -hmm. So when he walked up there, there was a guy doing damage and you knew it. They had a pitch around him. You knew you had a guy. Yeah. So it would be just cool, you know, to have him back kind of towards the end. 
problem was is he was a catcher, so you couldn't really have him behind the plate. Yeah, no. So it really wouldn't have worked. Where did he finish off? I can't even remember right now. Uh, Oakland or San Diego. One of the two. I want to oh, say. I may have been Oakland. Yeah, I want to say Oakland. I think it may have been Oakland, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a kind of a. So I know he didn't go into the hall as a Met. There's like a joke in Oakland, I guess, that goes on with the clubbies. Okay. It's where Dodgers go to die. <laughs> um, I, I, there have been a few. There's, there's been more than more than a handful. Yeah. And it was kind of funny. I've had opportunities to talk to guys, um, and they're like, worst mistake ever, me going to Oakland. What? Why? Why? Like, you got to extend your career, whatever it might be. That last little maybe paycheck, whatever it was. You got to keep playing baseball. It's like, just Dodgers aren't meant to go to Oakland afterwards. There's no, no. time frame when a Dodger should be in Oakland because no. that's where their career kind of goes to die. Yeah. I was like, well, like, what do you mean? And he starts rattling off a bunch of names. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. There's been a few. There's been a, there's been a handful. Right. There's been a big handful. Um, so I just thought it was kind of interesting question just because it happened this week. Mm-hmm. I got, I like if, if you've noticed already, I'm a man, you guy. Yeah. I know. And so if you've noticed, if you haven't, I am a Man U guy. All right, front runner. You like all the big teams. It happened that way. It happened. So growing up, I was a soccer guy, baseball guy. I didn't really watch too much soccer, though. I just I knew about the stuff, but I wasn't like involved the way I would be like in baseball at the time. And I started watching, started watching YouTube kind of getting big and stuff like that. Right. And I started watching, I'm like, hmm, who's this guy? I've heard a little bit about him. Like, this guy's amazing on the on the ball, just doing like crazy tricks. I'm like, yeah, step over, <laughs> like just every little thing that you could possibly think of. I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. What, who's this C- Cristiano Ronaldo? Who is this guy? Right. And I just, boom, just fell in love with his play, fell in love with Manchester United, been following his career. And as it goes, just keep moving along. Yeah. Well, we, we got to help you, you know, get a more cultured, no, it's know, okay. sports fan palette. <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh what is it? Arsenal? Yeah. Yeah, you see, that's why. Yeah, yeah I'm an Arsenal guy. Arsenal. Apparently, Mets. again, I just you like, just like yeah, torturing yourself. Yeah. You love torturing yeah, yourself. The Buccaneers. I mean, like, where, where's like a good team? <laughs> you don't really have a basketball team either, right? I told you I'm like a lapsed Utah Jazz fan. There it is. Carl <laughs> Malone. Carl Malone and John Carl Stockton. Your guy. guys, yeah. You guys are okay right now. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move over to how we normally get to I mean, this show. Right. Well, Let's get back to baseball. Back to baseball. We told enough about ourselves. Dingers and K's of the week. So, you decided to bring in a, a little history again today. Yeah, I told you. That's my theme. Your theme right now is history. That is what you are on. Yep. So, do you want to break this down while it's going? Do you want to break it down beforehand? This is I, easy. This is, again... I just for the good of the show, uh-huh. I want to make sure that you know the the pain isn't you know it, it's shared. It's not just me. Just you know, we so, all had pain at some point, right? So this is before you were alive, I was alive. So again, I'm looking out for you because you didn't have to witness this. You didn't have to live through it. No, you know, I have family members who did. You know, so what years this is 51. I have family members as right. <laughs> that right. have been through this. Right. As I have well. members, you know. Who, Again, I'm I'm older than you, but people older than me mm-hmm. were alive, and yeah, they know this happened. So let's get to it. All right. So this is the Polo Grounds, 1951. This is uh, Bobby Thompson batting off of Ralph Branca. Let's see if we can get this one going. Who knows? Maybe not. Uh oh. Let's see. Technical Uh-oh. difficulties so, so, once so the, again. The Dodger fan is you know taking it just over. Happened <laughs> to not work at the right time. 
Let's see. As we fill. As we fill. Yeah. What's going on here? So we're having technical difficulties. All you need to know is that the clip ends with the Giants win the pennant. There it is. Yeah, the Giants win the pennant. Bobby Thompson. So we do pride ourselves on being a show for every fan. Right. If you, if you haven't figured it out, this is a shot heard around the world. Yes, it was. Bobby Thompson smokes the ball left field. Right. To win the pennant. Yep. Um, Back in those days, there was no like NLCS. Yeah, there's, there's none of that. It's top you teams You came in go. first place or you went home. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Brooklyn and the New York Giants were battling it out and the Giants went to the World Series. Giants went. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Dodgers squandered. Uh, yeah, they blew a lead. Yeah, they yeah, blew this, a lead, right? This was the end of it. Yeah, they were up and then this this happened on like the last day and you're going home. Yeah, so that was a little painful. Yeah. I felt that pain a little bit. Yeah, you weren't even there, but I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't there, but I can just. I feel you can just feel the it. history coming into my. And veins just hearing the Giants win, and the, the Giants pennant. win, the Giants yeah, the pennant. I'm just gonna say, orange is an ugly color. I'm just putting that out there. Orange is ugly. Um, <laughs> mine is a little different this week. So, was the me- home run meaningful? Absolutely not. Okay. Because the Pittsburgh Pirates went ahead and walked off on the St. Louis Cardinals this past week. Gotcha. Um, what I really like about this one is the call. All right. So you tell me what you think here. Let's see. If, if we can get the call, it just happens not to work again. The Pittsburgh Pirates audio team. <laughs> they, they won. They should want this to go on. Let's see here. Man, we are having a lot of issues. This will be today. two pirate walk-offs in, nine, in seven episodes of the show. You're right. You're, well, the other one was a grand slam. That was a bomb, too. It wasn't like one of those like walls. It was just boof. Let's see. Let's see. There it is. Sutsugo launches one out to deep right. It stays fair and gone. The Pirates win it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that right there is the Pirates walk-off. Um, I had the name of the announcer, and I just lost it right now because it's actually the Cardinals. That's the announcer. Cardinals call. You can tell. Yeah. It was, he's known for kind of doing this too. Um, oh, what is his? I just had his name. It's Hawk. What's his name? Hawk. Um, That's not Harrelson. Oh, it'll come back to us. It'll, it'll come back. It'll come oh man. Us. I am off right now. Uh, it'll be in, you know, 10 minutes and it'll be, oh yeah. Who's the Cardinals announcer guy? Oh yeah. It's that guy. Yeah. So I just, Okay, so Again, tell me why you love it. Why I loved it is his emotion, the pure, raw emotion in that call, the energy. He just brought it all to the table and called a great walk-off right there. Um, it, it's kind of funny. It's just, it was a meaningless home run for the Pirates. Right. Because then winning a game is actually probably bad for them. It's the Pirates. They're just If anything, they're trying to lose more games so they can get a better draft pick. Good right. luck, because Baltimore's got, yeah, got Baltimore's everybody at, to get on that. Baltimore's got a seven-game lead on the first-round pick, right. or number one pick. Right now, they're at the three pick. All right. Um, so, Mike Shannon, that's your guy? Yeah. All right. Is that who I, it may yeah. have been, but yeah. I just I love the call. Right. <laughs> I just love the call. Uh, right. It's something that you normally don't hear. Yeah. Uh, you, what, honestly, what I really like about it, though, is that you can tell he cares about his team. Right. You're a Cardinal. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like he cares that the Cardinals win or lose. It's not where... You have John Smoltz doing a game, and he could care less what the end result. Right, is. he's a national guy where you know this is a local guy where this is his team. Yeah, exactly. Like 
he wants success for the team. Right. Um, he's just, you know, a lot of guys try not to be like do the favoritism type of thing, but I don't mind it right there. No, I don't mind it. I like. No, I don't it. mind it if that that's who you are. That's mm-hmm. who you are. I mean, you know, again, it's you knew Vince Scully wanted the Dodgers to win. He just had his way of. He wasn't cheering in the booth, but you knew who he was was getting his checks from and which side he was pulling yeah. for. So there's something to be said for that. Whereas, you know, you do have like your Hawk Harrelsons mm-hmm. to go, you know, a little bit with the Chicago White Sox. Yep. Or as we were talking before we started recording, old Harry Carey. Oh, uh, yeah, you know? yeah. Exactly. He was Homer, you know. Mm-hmm. So there is something to be said for that. Yeah. So I, I just really enjoyed that. And it, it was actually a nice, it was a nice shot too. Yeah. Sasugo, if you've known. With the Rays this year, right? DFA Dodgers yeah, like when, when come over here, yeah, man. Come on over, <laughs> come on over. Comes over the Dodgers. He made like an impact for like a game or two, like right away. I think it was. He appeared in a game. Or no, two. I think he, he, he had like a big run or something like that, or a big hit. It wasn't a hit. It was. I don't. He. I don't know. He didn't get me. He did something, <laughs> and I'm like, oh wow, maybe like this is gonna be like one of those Andrew Friedman pickups. No, this is gonna be one of the like ultimate trivia questions. Who was this guy? Yeah. for like a million dollars. <laughs> Eventually, right? So he's here. I'm like, maybe this is gonna be one of those sneaky Friedman Chris Taylor deals. Uh, no, no, I was wrong. It was not. It was not. Um, Dodgers eventually DFA him. Right. Uh, and now he's with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yep. So it's the thir- third team of the year. Yeah. He went from a World Series, two World Series contenders. Yeah. To the last one of the worst teams in the league. Right. So he's had a hell of a year. Yeah, he's on that Billy McKinney program, but Billy McKinney's but Billy failing Mc- upwards. Yeah, <laughs> instead he stayed here. <laughs> Billy's staying here to hit 198. Yeah. But the, we'll get into that later. We can get into my Billy conversation. Okay. Sometimes I'm looking like, what is going on here? And sometimes I'm like, why doesn't everybody have a Billy McKinney on their team? Because <laughs> they know better. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, your K of the week. Yeah. Staying retro. Yep. 1968 World Series yep. Game 1. Yes, this is Bob Gibson, and he's pitching against the Detroit Tigers. He sets a World Series record by striking out 17, and the Tigers had absolutely no chance of doing anything against him. They got one hit, and they were lucky to get that. I think you might be right. Let's see. Let's see. There it is. Look at the scene on the field. McCarver, the first one. And we just missed 17. But it's more of just a history factor. Yeah. That's never been taught before, right? No. I don't think. No. Now, Bob, that's see, because Bob was one of my heroes, actually. Uh-huh. This is another one of my, so again, Dwight Gooden grew up with him. Yeah. Bob Gibson was before my time, but once I started learning more about mm-hmm. the game, little known fact, you don't even know this. I'm about to tell you something you don't even know about me. Let's hear it. This is the reason I wear number 45. Oh, okay. I, so I did not, I've never <laughs> asked either, but yeah. I, I didn't even realize that's what it was for. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Bob Gibson, yeah, that was my picture. That was number 45. The legend of Bob Gibson, just he would hit you in a heartbeat, one of the most fierce competitors mm-hmm. you would ever see on a mound. You know, I mean, at one point he hit his best friend. because what you got to do sometimes. Yeah, because his buddy, you know, kind of was leaning out over the plate mm-hmm. and kind of hooked a slider into left field. He said, you do that again, I'm going to hit you in the elbow. He did it again. Next at bat, he hit him right in right the in elbow. The elbow. Oh, man. <laughs> And, you know, if you hit, hit somebody like, you know, in the, in the funny bone, that's not so no, funny. it's not fun. It's not fun. Yeah. So. I've had a few guys, a few friends I've wanted to hit while I'm pitching. Yeah. I haven't had the chance yet. One, one day. day. Yeah, one, one day, day. I'm going to nail them, though. One yeah. day. Yeah. So people didn't dig in against Bob Gibson. There was, like, Gibson rules. 
You oh. knew don't dig in against him. It's like the Nolan Ryan and uh, Randy Johnson type of stuff, huh? Yeah, he was like a precursor to that. There was just you just knew don't do things to him, don't say anything to mm-hmm. him, just leave him alone. You know, Willie Mays knew it, Hank Aaron knew it, everybody knew don't bother Bob Gibson. And by by the way, that was the year he set the ERA ERA record with the one twelve ERA. Yeah, yeah, so, one twelve. So he was already having a hell of a season. I'm assuming yeah. Cy Young. Yeah, he won like everything that year. Yeah, so that was just. Cherry on top of the yeah. ice cream right there. Yeah, they had to change the rules after that season. They had to lower the mound. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, part. you're the pitcher, and they said, yeah, these this is This ain't going to work. Now no. they're going to try to do Atlantic League stuff and uh, push the mound back. They, and do they this did and something, that. yeah. And they said, we got to lower this mound because we can't hit this guy. So Wow. <laughs> so my guy, I'm going a little old school today, too. Not very old school, just a few years back. I think you and I talked about him the other day, just okay. personally, one-on-one. We were just kind of talking. This right here is save number 602. All right. And I have a question following it. Gotcha. I'm listening. I'm, I'm ready. So let's see if we can get this one working today. That's a there we go. So if you don't know, this is Mariano Rivera, New York Yankee legend, about to achieve... The all-time strikeout uh, save K record. record. Yeah. Save records, K. I'm all over the place. Boom. There's your cutter, 93 miles per hour on the outside corner. Um, the reason I like this one, well, one, Mariano is just as dominant as can be. Right. There's been a lot of people who have been dominant for periods of time. This guy was dominant for decades. Yeah, he's he's the outlier great closer. Yeah, this kind of goes back to our Kenley Jansen closer conversation. And that's where I'm headed today. <laughs> okay. So the other day, Dave Roberts, on one of his um, post-game interviews, was talking about Kenley and what he liked. He saw kind of what he, how he performed that day. Right. And he mentioned Kenley is a future Hall of Famer. Okay. So my conversation, not the conversation, but the question I had, do you think eventually, at the end of his career, Kenley Jansen will be entering that Hall of Fame? Yes. Right now, oh wow! I was gonna, I was about to start throwing out some numbers. So right now, he's 14th all time. Yeah, with 341. I'm assuming by the time he's done, he'll have 40, uh, 400. I'll say he probably gets to five. Ooh, you think he gets? A, I, yeah. That many more years? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because I mean, again, he's not that old. It's not like he's 37 walking. Out so there. he's 33 right now. So right. I was giving him another two years at 30 saves. Okay. So he'd be 35 ish. Okay, but you remember, he's a one-inning reliever, and I actually had a conversation about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think the Dodgers will actually bring him back. Oh, I think so. Right, so you bring him back, you put him on the Dodgers again, and relievers are volatile anyway. Just The, the bullpens are just volatile, so you could be bad this year, good next year. Great year. You just Blake Trinan. Right, Blake Trinan or me, and we mentioned Greg Kimbrell. You look at his numbers oh, this yeah, year. Oh, yeah, Kimbrell, yeah. You look at him two years ago, you're like, wait, this guy's bad. Mm-hmm. So you just never know. Edwin Diaz? Year. Yeah, it comes and goes. Yep. So I think Kenley has another run in him, and you'll look up, and it's the 35-year-old Kenley still getting it done. Mm-hmm. It might look different, but I think he can still save games. I mean, if you remember, like, again, Revere was still out there doing it. Oh, yeah. Trevor Hoffman did it for Hoffman a long time. It. I but, feel bad. Hoffman at the end, though, probably shouldn't have been out there pitching. Possibly not, because he lost the separation on the fastball and the change. change up. It was getting too, too and, close, yeah. Yeah, and everybody could just I think it was it. with Milwaukee. Yeah, at the I think Brewers. he had one solid year with Milwaukee, and like yeah, the next and two was, just were yeah, it was done. not good right. and kind of went down kind of bad right. for but, him. But also for, he knew. It was like, okay, time to go. You know, get out of here. I made my money. So the thing I was going to say right here, so if he gets the five, I think he gets in. Yeah. 100%. Okay. The thing is, I think if he gets stuck in that four range, it's going to be one of those 
uh, late ones where it's like the committee? I don't know. No, I don't think it'll get to the veteran. Well, again, I think if he'd actually have a better chance if it got to the veterans committee, if I were to flash forward yeah, that's 20, I mean. 25 that, years. That one. I think he has a better chance with the uh, veteran committee. I think, the, I think the writers will vote him in. Okay. So Because you got to remember the voting body's changing. Is getting much younger, so they're mm-hmm. looking more like the advanced analytics and stuff like yeah, that. They're not yeah, just yeah. looking at raw save numbers to determine who is your best closer. So just because, let's say, Edwin Diaz saves 50-odd games one year, people know he's not he's really not. that good. Yeah. Where it's Kenley did it for a really long time, and his mm-hmm. underlying numbers were really, really good. He wasn't, again, even right now, everybody says he's declining. If you look at his numbers, he's not. I we I brought out the numbers on episode, like, two. Right. We all know Kenley can still pitch. So my idea more here or less was that, so do you know who the number four is all time? Fourth all time in saves, let's guess Lee Smith. <laughs> so Lee Smith is actually third. He's third. And okay. he barely made it this year, right? Or this past couple of years. Lee Smith? Smith? No, I thought he just made oh, it. Oh, they talk about the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the I'm Hall like, of no, Fame. Been no, 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 no. Like Hall of Fame. Yeah, like he, he barely got it. Yeah, it, yeah. Right? It took him a long time to get Very it. Very long time. Right. So number four is K-Rod, Francisco Rodriguez. Okay. At 437. Is that a Hall of Famer to you? Mm, no, because see, I think Kenley's going to have the advantage of being a Dodger the whole time, see, rather like, than bouncing around. Right? Because see, I think K-Rod, K-Rod went Angels. He went to the Mets, and then he started Mets. bouncing around after that. Mm-hmm. I think Detroit at one point. Yeah. yeah, he went to Detroit. I think he had like Milwaukee. I want to say Milwaukee is on there. So he's actually I have it right here. So Anaheim slash LA because they did that name right, change. Right. So he was there up until twenty two thousand eight. Went to the Mets for two years. Oh nine. 10, all-star in 09 with you guys. Right. Uh, from there, he went on to Milwaukee for two years. Yeah. And then from there, he went, oh, three years, I'm sorry. Then he went to Baltimore, went back to Milwaukee for two more years, and finished up with Detroit. Yeah. I think the difference with him and Kenley, one, I think K-Rod came in at 20. Yeah. That, so that. I think like his main years right here is like 22 to about 27. He had a five-year span. Right. And then after that, he's kind of bouncing around. He's setting up at some point. He's closing right. at some point because the closer got hurt or whatever it was. Right. That he didn't have that ten year span. Yeah, I'm not even sure Kenley has a ten year span yet, now, so but I, I think he will. Because like I can see like K Rod or like I think this way. I think Kenley to me is similar. Again, I won't use the bounced around on him as much because mm-hmm. he played on a couple of teams. But I'll put Kenley in the same neighborhood as a Billy Wagner. Okay, because Wagner's on that. He'll be one of those guys I think that'll bump up, bump, bump, bump. And yeah, then get so Wagner there. right now is not. And he's four, fifth, uh, six all time. Right. I you think have I, John Franco at five. Yeah, see, Franco didn't really get a sniff, but Franco is another one of those Veterans Committee guys mm-hmm. because Franco pitched back in like the 80s and 90s, yeah. that era where raw save numbers really mattered. Mm-hmm. So he never really got the look when he retired, when those were the voters. They were saying, okay, you weren't basically, you know, the most dominant. You weren't basically Mariano Rivera. Yeah. So, okay, you're not really that good. Franco actually was. Well, that's been the ding on the reliever slash closers. Right. Uh, when it gets all of him, you pitch one inning. Right. How much of an impact are you really having pitching right. one inning on a game? Right. Although that's one of the most important that's innings. the ninth inning. You mess up that one, yeah, you lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but to them, you're not putting in enough time right. Right. or work, quote unquote, right. to say, okay, you are a Hall of Famer or right. whatever yeah, it might be. If you pitched you know, 70, 75 innings in a year versus a guy who pitched 200, I get that, but also I think the modern voters are understanding the roles are different. Mm-hmm. And they also see the value in that ninth inning, that not everyone can just pitch the ninth inning. You can't just necessarily put any old person out there to do it, you know, as much as you might think so. 
and the positions really become a real position now. It's yeah. not, you know, complete games have kind of gone by the wayside. Oh, so basically, gone. everybody's using, you know, a lot of bullpens. And so who are your best relievers? Mm. Now, I'm really going to be surprised once a middle reliever gets in the Hall of Fame. That'll be the thing where baseball really mm. will have changed. I'm trying to think of somebody who could, like, at this moment where you say, wow, this guy's good, that maybe he'll be on that track. No, no. You, again, you're going to see probably a change in pitcher usage mm-hmm. where it becomes, you know, I, I could see this much. It would take a team like like the Dodgers or a team with money to do this. Just pay, you know, let's say you have a well, three-handed corner. I'm paying three closers. You, you're doing closer, the Yankee, the Yankee I'm paying thing. you closer money. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you pitch the, the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Mm-hmm. Whenever I put you out there, you're getting paid. Don't worry yeah. about it. So don't worry about your numbers. We're taking care of you regardless. Anyway. And then all of a sudden you can look up and one of these guys puts in a career doing that. Mm-hmm. And then you go, wait, well, he only has, let's say, you know, 150 that saves. That's I say about 150, you know, but he has like 300 holds or whatever. Yeah, it is. all of his holes and all he's striking out like more mm-hmm. than a guy in an inning. And he's been doing this for a decade. It becomes, well, yeah, he's actually really good. Like, let's say, okay, I use a modern guy, a guy currently pitching. Let's just say this isn't going to happen, but let's yeah. just put the hypothetical. Let's say Devin Williams. I knew you were going to go. I was right. thinking Devin Williams in my head. Right. Blocked by Josh Hader right, right. now. Hader's the closer. Williams, you're the eighth inning guy. Yeah. Let's just say you just left them together that way for years. For well, another decade. Right. Williams has given up nothing in the eighth. Hader gives up nothing in the ninth. And the Brewers just made basically all their games seven innings. Yeah. So let's just say if it's 10 years from now, hypothetically, would Devin Williams be considered a Hall of Famer if he keeps putting up the numbers he's been putting up? I think the... The thing you said that made the most sense there on how a middle reliever would get it is analytical play. Yeah. Today's focus on analytics and mm-hmm. K per nine and your whip. And I know there's a bunch of other little minor right. ones in there right. that I don't even know. Right. I know those numbers will eventually kind of tell you the story. Right. So I think you might be right. Eventually we'll see a middle reliever, but it's going to have to be one of those scenarios where this tandem is together. Yeah, this bullpen is kind of years. I, I could see it as like a bullpen by committee because, like, uh, to use a different sport, you would see this in football mm-hmm. where the team has a good offensive line and there's five linemen. Yeah. And, but they were together for a long time, this mm-hmm. core group. And it becomes, well, this guy made it basically representing kind of this group, group of linemen. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if all of a sudden it becomes, yeah, that middle reliever guy, he was kind of, he was there the whole time and he was kind of the linchpin of the group. So he's our Hall of Famer to kind of represent this era for that particular team. I could see something like that. Fair enough, fair enough. I like that. Leaving aside our dingers and caves right there. All right. And we had a great conversation there. But some news going on this week in the MLB. We talked about trades. Yeah. And when are we going to know when it made an impact or good trade, bad trade, whatever it might be. Right. We have an answer on one of those. Yes. The Toronto Blue Jays have gone ahead and DFA'd Brad Hand. Which DFA means designated for assignment for Thank the purposes you. of granting your unconditional release. In yes. baseball parlance, you got fired. Yeah. So <laughs> technically you could go down, right? You can go down. Yeah, he could he could accept an assignment. You've been designated for assignment. Mm-hmm. You could go to AAA, but he has enough major league time that he can simply refuse it and just become a free I'm agent. out, right? Yeah. Um so quick thing on his numbers. He didn't really pitch that many innings. Right. I think it was about nine innings. Let me see right here. I have it right here. I'm sorry. So in his time with the Toronto Blue Jays, 0-2 record with a 7.27 ERA in 11 games. And he was sent over for rookie catcher Riley Adams. Is this one of those things that you could have predicted? Is this one of those things that should have happened, not happened? Because he's already had like a roller coaster season. I could. Okay. I would say I wouldn't have predicted it. 
Um, but it's not completely shocking that it happened. Because I think you and I actually liked the pickup when it happened. We kind of yeah. talked I was about like, it. Okay, like, so help stabilize their mm-hmm. bullpen because Toronto's bullpen's been shaky the whole year. That's been kind of one of their big problem areas. And it, I know that Brad Hand hasn't been San Diego Brad Hand in a little while. Right, his fastball velocity's been declining, mm-hmm. and that's really been the problem. Exactly. So I knew I thought it was a good move. It wasn't going to probably make or break them. No. But it kind of looks like it might be breaking them. Yeah. Because it's costed them a, a handful of games already. You weren't able to use them in high leverage situations. No. And now they're back about seven games out of first. Yeah, they can forget the division and the wild card's looking more and more unlikely by the day. I'm sorry, 14 and a half out of first. Yeah, they can forget that. And the wild card, they're four and a half back. Wild card technically still in contention, but it's, it's getting real hard. Yeah, it's getting real yeah, close. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to have it. That was your kind of dark horse. And to that make was my that. team. I was like, okay, they've, you know, because again, they got Jose uh, Barrios to, to be in the rotation, get hand and maybe help you out in the back end. To I, go I with will that say offense. the front office made a good, yeah, they great tried. Off, they tried. Great trade season. Yeah. They did the things they had to. It just didn't work. Didn't work out. Performance didn't work out. Right. Meanwhile, I kind of chose the Yankees and they're there. Yeah, they're there. Right go. now in the wild card spot. Right. Um, so I just want to kind of talk about that because I think that's a kind of a sneaky move maybe to pick up. No. Right before, what are we at? <laughs> Tomorrow, September 1st. So I don't know if you have to have them before September 1st, right? You'd have to have them today. Yeah, maybe. So no playoff roster for him. No, but you also couldn't afford to be wrong. No, you can't. If you were to pick him, let's just say hypothetically you were to pick him up, even if you weren't going to put him on your playoff roster, you would have to be productive for you right now. So, yeah. So you'd obviously have to make a big change. The things that I kind of thought were more of those analytical teams, like the Rays, I think maybe you can figure something out there. Okay. Oakland's usually kind of decent on relievers. Yeah, but you can hit on them. But again, I got to get you in here to figure out what's wrong with you mm-hmm. to fix you. Yeah. You know? So the, the pitching coach has to look at some video on them, whatnot, to say, hey, do you think we can work if with this you guy? Bring him, you, I, I know you'd know the answer here. Okay. So if I were to bring him on, yeah, he shows up tomorrow, September 1st, so he can make playoff roster. You have to and, be there today. Oh, Today. <laughs> okay, so let's just say magically he That's why I said, there. if you couldn't even use him in the plus, but again, he can help get you there. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he's there and I say, I let him pitch a game, I say, I else it. A 10 game so we can figure something out. Is he still eligible for playoff uh, roster? No, he has to be he has on to just your be roster on it for the rest today. of September, right? He's got to be on your roster. If he's not on your roster right now, He's not eligible. For the All right, so there goes my. Uh, my but but again, though, but again, but again, what I'm saying though, he still could have value to mm-hmm. you. In as much, I mean, Brad Hand's not going to turn it down because like you could be here or you could be home, home out of mm-hmm. baseball. Which again, he could say, "I'm going home. You take the month off, start my you know my program work a little now, sooner, come back better next year." Yeah. But now you're a free agent, and the last thing we've seen is you pitching poorly. Mm-hmm. So it could be you know there's value in. Let's just say I'll use. A, Take a flyer and a okay helmet right over your head. The Cardinals that would be like a perfect yes. type team, you know they're fringy playoff team. Mm-hmm. You know you bring him in. He is a veteran. He has a track record of success. So this isn't you know you're completely wondering what what you're getting with the guy. He knows his way around a major league clubhouse. If you think you can fix him, if you can do like you just said, get him and say okay, there's something wrong with you. We're gonna DL you ten days. Now we got three weeks if we can use you even if it's our primary left-handed release specialist, mm-hmm. if that's the difference between us making the playoffs and not, then that's a valuable investment to us. We've made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you won't be there for that part. Hey, if we win the whole thing, trust me, you'll get a ring. Yeah. So, 
you know, help us out here. And plus, you can go now into free agents in the offseason. And Last get a better payday saw, or whatever. You pitched be. well. Yep. We fixed your heck. We're probably going to keep you now because we got you figured out. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of on that process. I just thought, I know there's a team that can maybe figure something out with him. So I was just curious if you, yep. tomorrow, you're the GM, say, you know what? Just get him in here. We'll figure it out as we go. I could see that also if I'm, again, if you were bad. Mm-hmm. Just think, look, this is just a guy. Maybe he can help us. We think we're going to start trying to rebuild, start bringing in guys. Yeah. And just shuffling through them because we're going to try to maybe keep some of these people. So we know contract might be up, whatever. We're thinking we might keep you. Let me get a look at you for you know a month, get to know the guy a bit, you know, and see if he can maybe help us there. Oh, we like him. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. We think he's a good fit for our group. So why don't you just stay right here? We'll up, re-up you this offseason season. You've got your club for next year, so now you're not going to have, have a worry. cold winter. I'd like to see the Angels kind of make a move on that. They're out of the playoffs contention. Yeah. Start seeing if maybe you can find a piece for that bullpen that you need to revamp anyways. If it don't yeah. work, it don't work. It, you let them go at the end of the year. Yeah, no harm, no foul. You're not in it anyways. Right. But on the, you have the possibility of saying, hey, we got an arm now to pair up with uh, Iglesias. Iglesias. Yeah. Not saying he's going to be your eighth inning guy, but – no. Maybe there's a guy that we can use to get to Iglesias now. Right. It could just be, again, another left hand, just a viable yep. left handed reliever again with the experience and whatnot. So, or maybe teach some of your younger guys along the way, hey, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. Or if that young guy has a bad game, hey, this is how you got to bounce back for tomorrow. You know, gotta just be those, a goldfish. Yeah, those kind of things. Exactly. Got to be a goldfish. <laughs> have you started Ted Lasso yet? I have not started Ted Lasso yet. Come on. You got to get on it. Get I, on I, it. I am a busy man. Uh, <laughs> Brother on baseball takes up a lot of time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, last piece of Jay's news, just because again they're your dark horse. They're fading out, but it's still getting darker. <laughs> exactly, it's still a um, piece of news that I think yeah. is important to that clubhouse. George Springer pulled today for precautionary reasons, coming back from that left knee injury. So what I got here was a ball was smoked into. I think it was left center. Simeon hit it. The guy wanted to play second base for the Mets next year. Right. Smoked the ball into the gap. Um, Springer's just hustling as much as he can. I think he gets a third that he has to pull up. Right. Kind of jams on that knee in order to stop his run, stop the momentum. Right. Boop. Pulled out. Right. I know the season hasn't gone the way they want it to for him. Yeah. Do you think this is going to eventually become a bad move or a good move for the Blue Jays? The Springer deal, I think, ultimately will become, I'll see it as a neutral deal i could see it where if they get where they're going to go where they want to go it's going to be the vladimir guerreros it's going to be you know biggio bichette Mm -hmm. teoscar hernandez those are going to be the guys leading them there anyway springer is just like an extra piece and springer's making a lot of the money they're not making so i don't think it's really going to hamstring them at any point but i don't see them looking back in you know five years going man why did we sign that guy because at the again, at the time the decisions made, who was the best person available to you? So what's kind of funny is his twenty twenty one is almost a exact copy of his twenty twenty season. Yeah, fifty one games apiece, <laughs> one eighty nine at bats to one eighty eight, thirty seven runs to forty two, fifty hits apiece each okay. season. Consistent. Uh, one hundred two bases last year, one twelve this year. Uh, six doubles last year, 12 this year, one triple last year, 14 home runs last year, 16 home runs this year, 32 RBIs to 35 RBIs. His walks, 24 to 26. The thing that went up is his strikeouts. Went up yeah. about 20 strikeouts this year, 
265 average last year, 266. This year, 359, 362. So essentially, you paid for the guy you saw last year. Yeah, you got what you paid for. Mm-hmm. So I guess not the worst thing in the world. So you no. kind of know what he is because he's only had the one super season, anyways. Right. That 2019 season is his best year by far. Right. Even better than the year they won it. So I guess it works out. I was just yeah, curious again, because he's, I, I didn't like the. I didn't like the move. Well, you got to remember, though, again, who's the guy available? Who And what does this person represent to our organization and our ball club? And, again, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to win today? Are we trying to win in three years, four mm. years? So who's available? Who will be available? Do we have anybody for that spot? If not, then this just becomes our best guy. option. Yeah. That works out. Um, so that's kind of the news underlying for the East. Okay. There's some more news that came out today. According to a survey, yes, the Dodgers are the most hated team in all of baseball. You were not surprised when I kind of told you this today. I was not. I was shocked. I was shook. I it, was it, flabbergasted. It's called I was my, baffled. Myopia. What other it, word do I have? <laughs> do you have any more confused? Confused. Yeah, perplexed. Perplexed. Yes. See, that's why you're the writer and I'm not. <laughs> But no, your your level of fandom, again, all fans have a certain level. So I just use the word myopia. We're all myopic. We only see it ourselves. We don't worry about others. It's just us, us, us. So no self-respecting Dodger fan thinks they're the problem. We are not. Or you You're know, the problem. It's, you know, so stupid giant fans or the Padre fans or whatever. And no, it's the Dodgers are just as equally despised as the Yankees or some of these other teams you might want to pick. Mm-hmm. They're right there with them because again, the Dodgers went, won the division what nine five yeah, years? Yeah, in exactly. I'm like almost a decade in a row. If I'm a fan of let's say San Diego, no, I don't like those people. We never come in first place. They do. And then again, the fans themselves, they you know. We've been to Dodger Stadium. I was there last night. You were there last night. I was there on Sunday. Yeah. Dodger fans are not hospitable hosts to any opposing fans. So why would I (laughs) like these people or want to go to this place if I root for the other team? So this carries over wherever they go. And just Dodger fans don't see it because they're Dodger fans. We're in LA. It's not possible. (laughs) We are kind people. We should be loved. But we kind of talked about it. I I have a better understanding of it because you know what? It is... Obviously, here in LA, you don't really hear anything negative other right. than about the Angels. Right. That's just how it is, right? You hear all the other teams. You don't really hear anything bad coming about your team or whatever it might be. Or you don't want to hear or it. Or you don't want, you choose not to hear it. But like, if I were to give my top five list of team, most okay. hated teams, okay. I would, not in any order, I would have put the Cardinals. I feel like nobody likes the Cardinals. Okay. <laughs> I'd put the Yankees. Okay. The Red Sox. Okay. I have the Astros due to personal reasons. Right. You can't let that go. I'm never going to let that go. I'm trying to think of the fifth team. Yeah, you mean the one in San Francisco. The thing is, I don't know if they're a global team enough to be hated. Do you think they're big enough to be hated like that? Uh, Well, I mean, they're just as global, I would say. Well, no, I would say, given the teams you've already named, no. Well, no, they're more than the Astros are. More than the Astros. But he said that was personal, personal that bias. Was, that was personal bias <laughs> slash I feel like everybody, every other baseball fan feels cheated in my eyes. They don't. But, but okay. they don't care. <laughs> but again, they don't care because you're, their you're team my, wasn't involved. Yeah, you're myopic. You only care about exactly, you and your team. Your <laughs> exactly. I was trying to think about fifth team. I can't. Really, I feel like the Padres are getting up there in hatred. Nope. Nobody cares. Nobody. You don't think anybody cares now? What I would they, say within the past year or two what, for the quote unquote baseball traditionalists. No. What have they ever won? 
Not a damn thing. Right. So they don't, they're irrelevant. I mean, Fair I, enough. I hate to say that. I hate to use that word, but they really, but they are. Irrelevant. I'm trying They've to think never won team. anything. You know, again, to be hated, you kind of have to win. You got to win something. Yeah. So again, that's why I'm saying like the Giants won three world championships basically in the last 11 years. There's, yeah, maybe the Giants, well, I guess it shows the Dodgers would be that fifth team. Yeah. But not for, for <laughs> not my for eyes. you. But no. I was trying to think of anybody else, but the Giants have been the only other team that's successful. And usually you hate the teams that right, are successful. You hate the teams that Why are do successful? people hate the Patriots? Because they win all the damn time. Right. Exactly. Why do people, again, something else near and dear to your heart, the Lakers are a hated team. Yeah, I don't see <laughs> that one. The Lakers. I don't see that. That one I, that one I see like 100%. <laughs> That one I do see 100%. Laker fans and Dodger fans are the same people. No, they're not the same people. They're not the same people. They're not the same. It's the same group of fans. It is. But I don't know. I was sitting behind like... a guy last night with a jacket that was half blue and white and half purple and gold. It's the oh, same guy. Yeah. You know why? Because they both won championships together. That's so they what it came said out on the, the jacket. Gear. Hell yeah. <laughs> City of champions out here. Hell yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. So other fan bases, if you come from other places, if I live in, you know, Pittsburgh, if I live in Cincinnati, Cleveland, I'm like, forget those people. It's LA, it's glamour, it's this, it's that. They win all the time. Forget Haters. Them. You know, again, I hate New York because, you know, it's the big I, city. They went all, you know, the Yankees. I actually like them over there. I actually like New York, but I know that's a, like, a hated thing. Right. Because they got the 27 titles. Which, again, would, which I bring that up. Okay, how many of those titles were you alive for? Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I was there for, I remember the 09 one. But I couldn't tell you about like 2000, yeah, 2001 96, or whatever. 97, 98. Yeah, I couldn't 99, tell you about those. 2000, no. <laughs> I couldn't tell you about those, but I can tell you about 09. Right. That's about it. Right. So it's saying, you know, you're, you're, in a, you're a functional adult and in your lifetime, basically they've won one They won title. one. Yep. But there's people like my age running around going, oh, the Yankees. I'm like, man, shut up. <laughs> Stop. You know, Just Babe please. Ruth. Right. You watch Babe Ruth play. Okay. You, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. You guys were, you were at the game watching them. All right. Stop. So, we're kind of speaking on fans, that leads to us to our fair or foul question of the week. Yes. If you haven't figured out what our fair or foul question is, it's a question we ask, usually just your own opinion. If you want to bring the facts into it, I love it. Cool. Bring the facts in. Yeah. But it's just a question, agree or disagree in a sense. So, my question to you, with all the headlines that the New York Mets have made this yeah, week. Yeah, my team. And again, I try it not to make this a Mets-centric show. I try not to. I try what to this here is, it's this, not a baseball podcast. This, it's a Mets-Dodger podcast, <laughs> and that's where we're going to head towards. I, I don't want it to be, but my team is just, it's the clown show, and so it just every week it's something else, and so this is the thing this week. <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> is it okay to boo your own team? Fair or foul? So you're saying it's okay, or you're saying it's I'm, not? I'm, it's more of a question. And you tell me fair or foul, yes or no. Okay, fans booing their own team, I would say, is fair. Okay, why? Why? Because, okay, one, yes, I am a paying customer. Okay. Okay, and I'm allowed to voice my dissatisfaction when I am not getting what it is I am paying for. Mm-hmm. I am paying to see my team win. You could Unless argue, you're Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, that's why nobody goes. Or, or Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore, nobody there, I'm right. trying to think of the other ones. Arizona. Yeah, yeah, certain, you know, you can't give tickets away. Miami. Right. I mean, heck, the Cardinals are even struggling. They're doing that uh, $5.55 ticket when the Dodgers go there, when Pujols will show up. They're wow. trying to do that to get people in there. Yeah, you got to do anything to get people in. But the, the fact is, yeah, I think if I'm a paying customer, 
I have earned that right to voice my displeasure with my team, and that's how I can do it. Mm-hmm. And again, we all want any fan wants the same thing. They want their team to win. No one shows up to the game to hope their team loses. No one does. Unless you're going for the number one pick. Even if. If you're if you're that far gone, you're not there. You've you've kind of written you're not gonna waste your time and energy going to the stadium hoping they lose to get the number one pick. So it obviously hasn't happened with the Dodgers lately. But like when the Lakers no. are terrible. That one year, that one time. That, that was a couple years ago. They had like a four year span, five year span where they weren't bad. Or they oh. were bad. They were bad. Oh five year gosh, span. That's yeah. terrible. Oh. Absolutely terrible. But I it was easier to go to the games than it is today. Yeah. So I'd actually go to more games back then. Then I'd hope the young guys did well. You see some progression. I'm like, all right, just make sure we lose this one. That, that's where I was for a little bit. Yeah, Especially they, at the end of the season when you're like, that pick's right there. We just need to suck it up for a little bit. Again, how well? How long was Lonzo Ball on that team that you did all that losing to get? Yeah, I made it about yeah, a year. That one didn't work. And then it became, it became, never mind, we need LeBron. We need to go back to being the Lakers. Yeah, that was but, terrible. But anyway, point being, and that's also why they're like one of the most, maybe the most hated team in the mm-hmm. NBA. That's the point. Yes. They don't rebuild anything. They no. just turn around, get a star, boom, and they're back winning championships again. There is no championship drought in L.A. It doesn't happen. It's, oh, we have, like you said, oh, that four years or whatever. Okay, so. Longest four years of my life. So if I'm a fan of, let's say, the Philadelphia 76ers, where's my championship? You don't get one. You're you're not trusting the process. That's why. I'm waiting. You know, they haven't won since Moses Malone and Dr. J (laughs) were on the team. So. Came close in 01. Okay, great. That's 20 years ago. (laughs) You know. So the point being is, you know, the the fans, though, you should have the right to boo. To boo Mm -hmm. your team if. They're not performing up to with your standards. By all means, boo. Um, I mean, you shouldn't be at the game calling them any old kind of thing. But the, you, you're a bum and this, this, and that. Yeah, your wife's ugly. You know, your mm-hmm. mom's this. You no, know. but boo the player. He's the one who struck out. Mm-hmm. His wife had nothing to do with it. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. I've told him strike out today or yeah, strike uh, or out. else. Yeah, right. You know, go fail at your job today, honey. Get out there. I, I would say I'm in the middle. Okay. I'm a a ball that hit the line that they called fair, but then they're like, no, they call foul. And then we went to the headset. They're like, okay, maybe it is a fair ball. That's where I'm at right now. All right. Because I think there's a certain part of me that I understand the booing. If it's continuous, call them out on it. Okay. However, I don't think like they had like Joey Gallo, week, day, game number three strikeout, the booing. Like right. I, to me, what that's not sending the right message. What I, message? Some I don't know, man. Like I feel, I feel like players feed off the energy that play, that they get from the fans, right? They could tell you that. They tell guess. you that, but again, you're getting paid handsomely, and I hate mm-hmm. bringing money into this because it's just a job. Yeah, a job that you have to be paid more. I don't more. know, man. I just like the support. I think that's okay. what it is. I feel like okay. you got to support the players. I I can get behind support once it gets to a certain extent. Let your feelings be known. For instance. Yeah. I, I know I bring up a lot of Dodger stuff, but back in Frank McCourt days, if you would have saw the guy, right. you have 100% right to boo the hell out of this guy and Why? whatnot. Why? Because he ran the team into the ground. They made the playoffs. No, not my point. Not the, the, the point. No, no. Seriously. If, again, that's where it gets misplaced mm. and it becomes this narrative of you did this or that, you ran the team to the ground. Yeah, that's why he sold it. The league got into that because we're going to be a you know divorce proceeding, and they yeah. were going to have the Dodgers financials out in the world. Mm-hmm. That wasn't going to happen, so he wasn't going to be the owner anymore. But the Dodgers were on; they were in the playoffs, losing the Phillies and stuff when he owned the team. That yeah. is true. 
So again, me as the Damn owner, finish. what did I do? Did I give you a winning baseball team, a playoff team? Mm. I absolutely did. Now, if I'm a Pittsburgh Pirate fan, I'm a Kansas City Royal fan, the Baltimore Oriole fan, I'm booing the hell out of the owner. Okay. What fair. is this mess you're putting out here? You're charging me major league prices. I'm paying overpriced, you mm. know, for beer, hot dogs, and whatever else. To watch this nonsense. That's fair. Okay, I think that would have been the better example that I meant. Yeah, I think so, Frank McCord just came to mind. But I, I think that's more of the thing. If you're at some point just not producing what you need to. Again, then I think that's Yeah, so again, like how we had discussed, you know, about ownership was that like, you know, don't be don't fall for it as a fan. Yeah. That whole forget okay, like you'd cause you'd even use the phrase not five minutes ago, trust the process. Forget your process, man. Put mm-hmm. a team out here. You're gonna charge me less while you have this process? No, that's a bad. Do I, did I get forty percent off because you gave me forty percent of a team? <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? So, no, it's you got to give me. You know, <laughs> here, Sean, who's in the lineup? Yeah, uh, only only three of those guys are major league. Drop the price. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, hey, you know, if I'm going to see you know Hamilton, I want to see the A list. I don't need to see the understudy tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, so no, you can't charge me major league price to see. Uh, you know, Orioles, Royals who they game. Even have over there. Who? I'm trying to think of who the Orioles would have. Um, Worth watching? No, exactly. That's the question. I'm trying to think of like uh, who they have yeah, playing. You're going to go Trey Mancini, great story. Okay, Ryan Mountcastle doesn't look totally terrible. Cedric Mullins doesn't completely mm-hmm. suck. And yeah, who's pitching? Johnny uh, Means. Okay, if your name isn't John Means, who else is pitching other than him? And John Means hasn't been great. He yeah, hasn't been, been, just just been okay. bad. Yeah. These other people, okay, oh, your ERA is like seven. Your ERA is like mm-hmm. eight. You shouldn't be in the major leagues, man, on any team. Mm-hmm. But we have a, road, a staff of them, you know. So me, fan, I can boo that. I can be booing the owner. Find him, like, hey, I don't blame the ownership group for not showing up at the stadium. Hey, I would be there either. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I've given these fans nothing. I'm sure taking that money and going home. So, you know, again, fans, don't fall for it. As I'd written in my article two articles ago, don't fall for this. Put Brother pressure. on baseball. Yeah, but brother on baseball at sportbums.com. Sport no, marketing. But you keep pressure on your ownership to give you a winning team. Angels. Mm-hmm. That's why the angels are suspect. The fans don't expect better. Yeah. If the fans expected better, they would get better. So by all means, if you show up to an angel game and Justin Upton strikes out three times, boo. Boo. This is terrible. This is unacceptable. Ownership hears that. They hear the fan discontent and they go, we got to do something differently. Mm-hmm. If you're just Showing up and you just give them your money and just keep showing up. They're not going to do anything differently because they don't have to. Again, fans think the owner wants to win. Not oh, true. He wants that, to make that's money. That's not always true. Yeah. So, again, so booing the players, that's what you asked me about originally, the yeah, players. the players. Because that's the most, you know, forward-facing thing. You're paying to see the players. No one shows up to a Dodger game looking for Mark Walter. No. Doesn't happen. You know, no one looks for Andrew Friedman. Where is Andrew? I got to see him today. No, you're coming to see Mookie Betts. You're yep. coming to see Corey Seager. You're still hoping on, you know, Cody Bellinger. That's what you're hoping to have happen. No way. It's a mulligan year for him. I feel next year, next year to me, I, okay. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I feel like on the Cody Bellinger situation, next year is a year. It's like make or break for me personally. Okay. Would you be upset if they traded Cody Bellinger this offseason? I'd be a little sad. If they said, okay, we can get. But what are you getting? I think the return matters. You're not going to get much because he didn't do much. Well, that's then I'd be sad. Okay, no, but would you be willing to entertain? Willing to- if I said I'm going to give you my my organization's number ten prospect for Cody Bellinger, and let's say we're Baltimore, a team with a legitimate system, would you would you say, uh, well, 
I really, I really have to look at the package, but right as of today, I'm not yet there. Again, I'm, I'm, okay, it's time yeah. to move them. I'm not there yet. But again, if you get there where it's time to move them, guess what? Everybody else knows it's time to move them too when the price went down. <laughs> but you're still paying on potential. Or on what possibly, not potential, but what could possibly happen. You've seen the good and you've seen the bad and the ugly, right? Right. So he's in the middle. He's mediocre. Yeah, right now he's just mediocre. <laughs> That's why, to me, I, I wouldn't pay him yet. He's not well, worth you don't it. have to. You don't have to, I think, for two years. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's why I would say, if you're going to you have an extra year of arbitration anyways, I would play out the one year. But when he gets that last year, then I'm moving on. But you remember, you have a roster of 26 guys. Would you entertain trading Cody Bellinger? You only have 26 roster spots. Not I can just carry some dude hitting 170 for forever. I don't think he's going to hit 170 forever, though. I really don't. Okay. We'll see. I, I, COVID year, I give him the pass. Okay. Because every other... I'll, Almost not every other All-Star, but a lot of All-Stars had a lot of issues at the plate. Whatever might be going on. Uh, 170? <laughs> he wasn't 170. He was two, like 30, 220. When? The COVID year. Oh, you're talking about last I'm year? I'm talking about COVID year. Okay. COVID so year, I give him a pass. Just okay. because it was a weird year. Right. It's just everything that okay, could but possibly what, So happen. how do you explain this? So this year, I break it down to injuries. That's all I got right now. Okay, so I got to wait. I just want to see him 100% healthy because if you remember... When everybody's like, trade Corey, okay. trade Corey, trade Corey. He can't stay healthy. He can't do this. And he went and helped the Dodgers win the World Series, correct? Uh, yeah. And what did the Dodgers do uh, a month ago? Yeah. Oh, we're going to get a replacement because we're not paying that individual. Yeah. And then they bring in Trey Turner. <laughs> I didn't plan on Trey Turner coming in at the picture, though. So I was like, this is why you don't trade this guy because he can actually play. Okay. You don't think Seager could play? Uh, they again. They like him so much. They already have his replacement. No, you personally. On the team. I mean, like you personally. Like, do you think Seager is like a top tier? We've talent? gone over this. Yes. I already told you. I wanted Trey Turner before Corey Seager uh, four years ago. And Remember, then you started changing we, your mind halfway I, through the year, a I, couple years. No, it was. We had a conversation I, I said, about I said they that. They were like, oh, okay. I They're toss up. Yeah, I guess it got to toss up level, and then it's kind of gone back to you'd Trey Turner. Have you're Trey Turner. Trey. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you know. So again. So again, so you would when at what point though? How much more would you have to see before you'd say, you know, Cody, it's been fun, but you might be on the Jack Peterson on your way out of town. On your way out, I feel like you gotta get him to like next trade trade season. Next but again, trade. if he's doing nothing at the deadline, you get he's nothing. doing nothing now. So right, is there really a big difference I, in prospects? I can convince you in the off season of something mm-hmm. where I can't convince you in July no. because I've been watching you for three months. So I could say, oh, he's home tweaking his swing, or he had the offseason surgery, yeah, he'll be fine. Where if I'm watching you strike out three times a night, mm, I can't sell that to somebody. I don't know, man. I, I, for me personally, I still got to go trade the gold glove center fielder still. The bat can, the bat can awaken at any second, okay. for me personally. I know the okay. I, I bats have been ugly at times. Okay, so okay, so again, back to our question. Back to the question. Are you allowed to boo him now? Has he reached boo he reached- status? <laughs> like if he's up there doing what he's been doing, can you boo him when he strikes out again? He's getting close. The getting reason close. I he's getting close. The reason that I think personally I think saves him is the glove. Okay. He's making outstanding plays. Okay, yeah, the nice um, catch the other night. day. It was that Sunday. Nice running catch. Yeah, I feel like he's making a play. Maybe not every night, but about every other night or whatever okay. it might be. Right now he's going getting platooned against lefties, so. Save him from that ugly matchup where he just does not look good against lefties. You mean Drew Smiley was too tough for him last night? Exactly. Okay, got it. It was way too much. 
Yeah. He's just, that's a Cy Young candidate right there. Um, In his mind. <laughs> so, I don't know, just next trade deadline, but he he's on the verge. Okay. If it wasn't for the glove, I think he'd be at blue level. If he had like a glove, like, trying to think like a JD Martinez glove. Okay. Then, okay, you're not hitting, you can't field, you got no arm. We're going to, it's boot time. Gotcha. Okay. But because you present something to the table, I'm going to give you a little pass for now. Okay. So now with that being said, because again, just to finish up our booing discussion, booing discussion, at what point or what obligation do the players have to perform? Well, God, they're getting paid to perform. That's their job. Uh, what do you mean? But in terms of accepting that that's what's going on. Because again, you know, my cast of characters given the, the fans the thumbs down. So we didn't like, even get it. We didn't even talk about that. We should probably say exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, this week. Well, it hasn't even been this week. It's, I saw the boost signs basically, basically in LA. Started, uh, yeah, it started, yeah, a little bit ago. Yeah, so Javi Baez, the newcomer, the new star to the, the New York new Mets. player. I won't go star. He's the player on the team. ESPN's mega star, yeah. Javi Baez, goes to the Mets. Supposed to be the next piece, taking over for Lindor, struggling. Not, not struggling. He's just being Javi Baez. He does what being he honest. does. Yeah, he strikes out a Baez. bunch and hits a home run a week. And, you know, in Chicago, he's adored. He brought a championship. Right. He, there's no nothing he could do in Chicago's eyes. Right. right. Where you boo him. El Mago. Exactly. Like, there's literally nothing you could do. He yeah. had those base writing blunders, like, every right. other week for a little bit. Right. Nobody batted it. I just... Nope. Oh, okay. We we'll get him the, next time. He was on the 2016 Cubs. What else did he need to exactly. do? Exactly. And now you're in a new area where you haven't done anything for me. Nope. New York is already known for being rowdy baseball fans. Yep. And you're not performing. And you walked into it when the team had just gone right into the tank. Oh, yeah. Basically, the moment they got you. They yeah, went what the sucks tank. even more is that you're supposed to be like the savior to stop the, the fall. Right. right? Quote, right. unquote, savior in the New York mindset. Right. And you didn't do that. You didn't nope. save anybody. Nope. You didn't do anything to stop the free fall. Nope. So you've done absolutely zero for the city. And compounded by the fact that the other person that they wanted went to the Giants and is actually performing. And he's with Chris playing. Bryant. He's hitting three hundred. The team's in first by half a game now. Okay. Right there. Gotcha. The okay. Twenty ninth. Good news for you. Title. <laughs> um, but like I'm saying, like you just haven't done anything. Yeah. So that's why you're on boo level there. Okay. You've done zero, and he doesn't know how to respond to it. Right. And what he does is he starts doing these thumbs down signs. Right. Because when we're doing good or when we're doing bad, you let us know. So when we're doing good, we're going to let you know right. that you're bad. Yeah. And like that's basically what he meant, right? Yes. That is exactly what he meant. So, you know, on I saw it here in LA. I went to the Mets, Dodgers. Yeah. Double down the line. Right. Booing. Right. He's giving a thumbs down. Right. When I first saw him, I, that's kind of funny, like a thumbs down to the Dodger fans because the Dodger fans are booing anyways. Right. The boo because we don't like him. Right. You don't like us. Well, you're on the you're opposing team. Well, you're on that, the opposing that, that team, happen. but you're the opposing you're team. You're on that team that stopped the Dodgers from the World Series, a 16 team. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. So you're we already have a rocky history. And he did well. I remember that. He, he, he played well. Yeah. He plays well against the Dodgers in general. I think. Right. We've met you many times in the playoffs. Right. You've had a, like I said, good success. Nobody likes you here. Yeah. And, and I just he didn't play the cards right at all. No. And what I think is really bad to me personally is that it infected the rest of the team. Yep, this cause, attitude. Because now you got Lindor doing it. You had Kevin Pillar doing it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Stroman uh, did something too. Well, no, Stroman's all about positivity. He's just Mr. Oh, okay. Positive. You I, know, I, him. I had seen like a, the article, like Stroman's doing it on the bench or whatever. Yeah, it is, he's like, yeah, he's Mr. Positive. Today's a sunny day. Yeah. Pete Alonzo's Mr. Positive. And, too know. positive. 
yeah, he's delusional almost at this point. But point being, again, he takes the booze. He strikes out three times. Uh, they boo He knows him. it. He knows, he, okay, like, I didn't do what I was supposed to I didn't to perform do. for you guys today. Right. That, that's my bad today. Right. But I'll make it up with this 500-foot bomb next week. Yeah, next week or tomorrow, whatever, I'll try to hit it again. You know, you guys still, it's that losing that sight of what's going on here. Again, you're a paid baseball player. This isn't, you're not, again, curing cancer. You're not saving lives. Your job is to entertain. Watching you strike out is not entertaining. Mm-hmm. So fans are not going to be happy with that. If I work at a job, I'm the garbage man. I make $40,000 a year. This is my one game or two games a year I get to come to. To watch you swing at three curveballs in the other batter's box, that's not entertaining to me. That upsets me mm-hmm. because I'm literally in this crowd thinking I could do that. Now, you can't, but you think you can. Quote, unquote, you can swing at three curveballs <laughs> well, yeah, on can the do other that. side yeah, of the batter's box. Yeah, you I can, can do, do that. that all day. <laughs> I know 100% I could do that all right. day. Right. So there is that level of disconnect I think that some of the players have. And without going too far, because we'd be here all night, but one of the things is where there's a disconnect where the players aren't really part of kind of your community anymore. Mm -hmm. So there is that kind of disconnect where you do see them as kind of mercenary free agents kind of coming in and out. You better perform for me. You don't live in my neighborhood. I don't know you. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know, if you're not getting hits, what value are you to me? And again, I'm myopic Dodger fan. So if you're not helping the Dodgers, let's say, or you're not helping the Mets or the Yankees or whoever, mm-hmm. it's boo, get out of town. All you're you're ruining my you know, you're ruining my day. Yeah, we've talked you know? about this. It's I, I've seen it more on the East Coast where the boos are just one hundred percent they're gonna come. Yes. Like there's no question, like you don't need to perform bad for a week or two. Right. No, you perform bad for one game and you've been here long enough, you're getting the boo. Right. I remember Bryce Harper's first time in like Philadelphia, like right. game number two. Right. <laughs> Boo. This guy struck out. I was like, damn, like you've barely been there for a second. Yeah, but it's no, – because, again, a lot of these, They expect it. They expect yeah. greatness. Right. That's exactly what it is. They and expect that, greatness. And I think that's fair to expect. 100%, you should expect these guys to perform. Yeah. Like you said, I don't like to bring the money into it. You don't like to bring the money into it. But there's still a certain standard to well, where – But, again, I can't tell a fan how to be a fan mm-hmm. because, again, for a lot of fans, they view it through that lens of you get paid this much money. Yeah. You know, so how is it that you, you know, how dare you disappoint me <laughs> by not getting a hit right mm-hmm. there, you know, when you get paid $20 million a year, you know? Yes. And you're, you, you relive in your own kind of working through it where, you know, how come it wasn't me? I could do what they're doing mm-hmm. or I want to do what they do. Um, but the players have to understand that and respect that. So again, if you're the Mets in a free fall, you have to understand you are disappointing a lot of people for an, an extended period of time. They are going to boo you. They're yes. going to be upset. So you can't get kind of reactionary and feel some kind of way about it when they're booing you at home, when these are your, quote, fans. They want success. And it's also coming from passion. Just yeah, passion, passion for the team, passion right. and love for that team. Right. It's not that they want to see you No, they're not, like, really, they, not look, succeed. They're not booing because they don't like you. They're not booing they're, when you're walking up there. They're booing you when you strike out. Yeah, and I think um, Francisco Lindor came out on an interview and kind of yeah. said that it took him a like. A couple of months or a right. month or whatever it was to understand why are they booing me? Right. Because yes. I know you know it, but he struggled that first month or two. Yeah. Still struggling at the Struggling play. now. And he, it took him a second just to understand, like, they're not booing me because they don't like me. No. They're booing me because they want me to succeed. Right. And exactly. I, and unfortunately, I don't think Baez has caught that. A lot of players don't understand that. Yeah. They just they haven't met the connection where right. they, they, it's not that they don't like me. They just want me to succeed. They want me to perform. They want me to do this or that. Right. Like a guy that I can name 100% people just don't like. Josh Reddick when he played for the Dodgers. Right. 
but he just didn't like him. Okay. That was performance, and I think he didn't mesh well, they didn't mesh well. Right. So they're just, poof, just colliding the whole time. Right. So I know that one is there. Now, I, one person I would say, again, you know, not trying to make it Dodger-centric either, mm-hmm. who does get it is Kenley Jansen. As much as he gets booed. Kenley Jansen is booed he, because. He always owns whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Whatever failing, it's I didn't do my job tonight. Yes. He'll say that, be a stand-up guy. Whenever it happens, he's done it multiple times. Mm-hmm. That, to me, that's the level that all players should be going towards. You know, say, okay, I didn't get it done. They're booing me because I didn't get it done. If I come in and pitch and I get all three guys out, they're not booing me. I gave up a game-tying homer. We lost in 12. That's why they're booing mm-hmm. me. You know, that leads back to the same thing. We just we want you to perform, right? They just want you to I, perform. My love for you is great, and I want you to do this. I'm letting you know you disappoint me, right? That's pretty much what it is. I know I've been very Dodger centric too. I need to watch more more teams to figure <laughs> out who doesn't like who. That's what I need to do. I'm gonna start watching everything to figure out who doesn't like who. Yeah, you come in here tell me you watch the Mariners. I might fall off the chair. I <laughs> I so I used to do that a lot. Like just whatever game was on TV, I'd watch. Just, I personally don't like national broadcasters. That's what I'm saying. You've watched the Mariners, like the local yeah, broadcast. Yeah, no, I need to find like the local broadcast because right. I, like 100% of me just does not like the national broadcasters. They're not good. One, they're not good. But two, I feel no connection to you and any of the teams. Right. Like I want to see that we talked about it uh, with the St. Louis broadcaster. Yeah, Mike Shannon, yeah. I can feel that you want the team. Like I can see when you're giving information, you have actual information because you talk to these guys on the daily. Right. You're learning stories. You're telling me about them. I feel a connection between me and the organization and the players. Right. That's what I see. And when I'm listening to Joe Buck and John Smoltz talk, I'm listening to them. I'm like, I know 100% that didn't happen because (laughs) Joe Davis the other day just told me what happened. (laughs) Right. Like you get those little inside stories and the connection is there. Right. And I think maybe that's where we get lost when it comes to baseball and fandoms, yes. being able to grow the game, there's no connection. Right, a lot of and the national because of it is because yeah. we block, for whatever reason, all these games, and I can't view a game here right? because somebody over there has all the rights to it. Yeah. And that's part of the issue. Yeah. I think if we could clear that up, we start making more connections. I start having more, just at the end of the day, more of a connection. Right. That's I all I want to say. I right. just want a connection. All right. I can't fall in love with the Phillies. If I don't get to watch the Phillies, you won't fall in love with the Phillies even if you watch them. I really like Bryce Harper, so I'd watch just to watch Bryce Harper. Okay, I like Bryce Harper too, and I still don't like the Phillies. (laughs) That'd be my thing. I just watch it just for Bryce Harper, and I'll figure out a way to like them. Yeah, because so I have friends that always tell me like, "Hey, I want to watch somebody new this year. Who should I watch?" And I'll give them a team or whatever. And I'm like, "Oh, these guys are up and coming. Right? Like they should be good. Maybe not this year, but like in a couple years. Learn the players now. Right." For instance, I'm trying to think of a team. Let's just hypothetical Seattle. Okay. Seattle's got guys right. that eventually be good. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Kalenic, Tramel. Yeah, you have Kalenic. Yeah, you have Taylor Tramel. You have Kyle Long, who's rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh, Logan Gilbert on the pitching side of it. I'm trying to think of the first baseman. Evan, is Evan White? Yeah, Evan White. You have, he's more of a, a glove over bat guy, but hey, you know. Like they have, they have guys yeah. that are going to be major league guys. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. Watch them. You learn about them. You start picking up other things. Right. And then there'll be the team, like, who's supposed to be good? Like, who should I be watching? Like, this is a World Series contender? Oh, go watch the Rays. Go watch the Yankees. Go watch. Right. At the time, it was like the Phillies last year. Watch the Nationals. Watch different teams. Then you have better understanding of what's going on. Right. 
And I, I used to be a lot more like that, but unfortunately, not anymore. Yeah, they've made it harder. They've, they've, I think the, the league's figured that out. They're going to try to ease up on the access, and they understand. I think the trip to Iowa showed them a lot. I, ho- I hope so. Because, again, back to the fans. The fans in Iowa let the league know we don't like being blacked out of every team within, like, 10 hours of this place. Yeah. This is stupid. I had um, a guy I met. He lives in Milwaukee. Or, like, outside of just outside of Milwaukee or whatever it is. Yeah. And he can't watch any of the teams around him. Right. And he can't watch the Dodgers. He's actually a Dodger fan. He grew up in L.A. Right. Moved out there. Right. So he can't watch the Dodgers. He can't watch the Braves. He can't – not the Braves. He can't watch the the Brewers. Couldn't watch the Cubs. So who is he watching here? You can catch the Marlins all you want. Twins. All right. That's what he's able to get. All right, great. So I watch the Twins and they go into the tank and I'm stuck watching the Twins. Exactly. Great. Like just what I wanted. It just sucks. Yeah. That's what I'm just saying. It sucks. Right. We need to figure this out so that we can all get that passion back for every team. Right. Jamal, you're gonna be writing about this, correct? Yes. You will be writing about the booing. So tell everybody where to find it. It is at uh, sportsbums.com, Brother on Baseball. Actually, it is there. It's already there. There yeah. you go. So as soon as you hear this, go finish check the it episode. Out. Actually, hold on. This is what you should do. What you should do is start listening to the episode. Since it's li- you're just listening, go on to Instagram. When All you're right. on Instagram, go to Dingers and K's and follow that. Right. And then from there, you go to Twitter, right? Go to Twitter, Dingers and K's. Follow, follow that, that page. After that, you go over sportsbum.com. Leave us a little comment. Let us know what you think. Right. After that, head over to Brother on Baseball. Baseball section. Read all his articles. Great stuff, man. Great stuff, as always. All right. Jamal, anything else? Until next week, my friend. Until next week, everybody. Much love. Much love.